Ah, the 10 worst starting QBs of 2020. <laughs> you know, not to brag, but I'm probably better than all these QBs. And I mean, hey, I'll put my money where my mouth is. I'll prove it to you. Set up behind you is a target that is 300 miles away. And I am going to hit it with this football. Ready? Nailed it. Crossy Posse Packer Nation. Welcome to another episode of Packcast, the podcast where you don't have to be a Packers fan, but it sure does help. I'm your host, Tom. I had already recorded six minutes into the last episode, and by last, I mean this episode, and then I realized that I wasn't recording on the audio. Five years, and I'm still doing that. It's a great feeling. Grassy, and as I said in the intro, we're going to look at the 10 worst starting QBs in 2020. Before we get to that, I want to do big shout-out and thank you to... Wait a minute. There's no new patrons. YouTube members? Who do I already said I was going to do a big shout out and thank you to but I got no one to shout out and thank you. Big shout out and thank you to Ryan. Just all the Ryans out there. Thanks. So the way that this is going to work, there's a couple standards here. For this list. One, no rookies. In that Joe Burrow, right? Justin Herbert and Jordan Love. We're not going to count them because we haven't seen them play a single down of NFL football. So you at least need to have played one last season. So, you know, Stidham is just sliding on in there. And two, so this is basically counting from the 22nd worst to the 32nd worst. So number 10 will be the 10th worst QB, and then all the way down to number one will be the worst QB. Now, before we get to number 10, I did want to do my notable mentions. People that were close to making this list, I almost put Ryan Fitzpatrick on here, but I think he had a really great end or finish to the end of last season. Plus, he beat the Patriots, so that already makes him a top 20 QB. But more importantly, I think that when he gets the start for Tua, which I'm assuming is going to happen for whether it's four to eight games, I feel like he's going to be able to lead them to victory because he took a very barren team and was able to pull any wins out of them. So, yeah, no, I, I think he's good. And plus, he has so much football wisdom in that beard. I'm sure he's got plenty more. Teddy Bridgewater was almost on this list, but during his playing time when he took over for Drew Brees, he was a very accurate QB. He did nothing like super-duper flashy, but he protected the ball. And I think that he's a definitely solid starter. And then the other one who I was potentially putting on here was Baker Mayfield. But he did have that really good season two years ago. Didn't have a good season last year, but he had also had terrible coaching. So, Baker, giving you the benefit of the doubt for now. But you, you mess up again, you're going on this list. I know. That'll be a career ender. Mm-hmm. As the guy in the basement, Baker Mayfield's definitely watching. So let's start off with the 10th worst, and that is New York Jets QB Sam Darnold. Now, I will start off to say that this doesn't necessarily mean that they're terrible. 
a lot of the times or a lot of the guys on this list, it's just we haven't seen a ton out of them. Then there's like, you know, Mitch Trubisky. Yeah, he's on this list. I think we've seen everything we need to see out of Mitch Trubisky. But with a guy like Sam Darnold, last season he improved from where he was in his rookie year. He threw over 3,000 yards, had 19 touchdowns, 13 interceptions, and you're like, wait a minute, Tom, those stats are bad. That, that That's bad. And I agree with you. And there's plenty of stuff that Sam Darnold does need to work on. I'll do a little plug again for Strong Opinion Sports. They did a whole breakdown on Sam Darnold, which was great. Zach is an awesome creator, so you can go check that out. So, like, he needs help with his footwork and some of the decision-making that he does, but he also has no offensive line. Like, they're garbage. Hot garbage. And on top of that, Adam Gase calls, like, the worst protections for him possible. On top of that, Le'Veon Bell... I mean, Adam Gase had no idea how to use him. He's basically like a baby in which you got like the square peg and the, the round hole and he's just smashing it in there like that. And he's like, I don't know why this doesn't work. The toy's broken. So that's a problem. And on top of that, the only real options that he had to throw to was Robbie Anderson, whose main thing was, I'm going to run real fast. And that was it. So I think drafting Mekhi Becton is definitely a start getting him some weapons like Denzel Mims is definitely going to help, even though they did lose Robbie Anderson. And I think he does have to get better. And I think that there is a lot of potential. I I remember two years ago when I went to go see the Packers and Jets play and Darnold, like he's, I was like, oh, okay, this guy is going to be good. So while he didn't progress as much as a lot of Jets fans would have liked, I think this year with a little bit more of a supporting cast around him and if Adam Gase goes missing, I think they'll be okay. Then number nine, you got old man River, Philip Rivers on here. Yeah. I, I, is it just me? Like, did we watch Philip Rivers last year? He wasn't good, people. He wasn't good. Philip Rivers completed 66% of his throws, and you're like, oh, okay, not bad. Threw for over 4,600 yards. You're like, oh, okay, not bad. 23 touchdowns, 20 interceptions. Woof, okay. He's also turning 39 this year. The Colts are just like, yeah, we'll sign him to like a one-year deal, and we'll see what happens. I'm not thinking that Philip Rivers is going to do amazing things with the Indianapolis Colts. It looked like he was just way past his prime last year. He was making some horrid, horrid decisions. And I will say that Philip Rivers did have some weapons on that offense. Their defense struggled, right, especially with the lack of Derwin James. And so they did have to put up a bunch of points. But yeah, I mean, Philip Rivers single-handedly lost them a few games. So with that being said, Philip Rivers for me right now, is he in the bottom 10 for me? Because unless he's proven otherwise, I feel like his time might be over. Go home to like your 26 kids. Then number eight, you got Josh Allen. Oh yeah, Bill's Mafia. And before, before you go, I, I, I see you. I see your cursor moving to the thumbs down, okay? I have picked you to win the AFC East. I think that Josh Allen will be a much better quarterback this year. However, we got to talk about it. He completed 58.8% of his passes through 3,000 yards, 20 TDs, nine interceptions, took 38 sacks. I mean, these aren't like really great numbers. You have a great defense. You have a solid running game. You had some decent weapons. Right now you bring in Stephon Diggs, and as I have said since the beginning of this offseason, this is a make-or-break year for Josh Allen. He has everything around him that he could possibly want. So if he doesn't live up to being that franchise QB, we got some problems. His accuracy definitely needs work. Guy has a cannon of an arm, but he needs to make better decisions. And for me, uh, right now, I don't really trust Josh Allen a whole lot to go and win me a game. And so right now, Josh Allen is in the bottom 10 for me, However, with Stefan Diggs 
and basically the world is his oyster. It's up to him to grab the brass ring. Will he do it? We'll find out. I'll let you know next year. Then number seven, you got Danny Dimes. Daniel Jones, the QB for the New York Jersey Football Giants. Threw for over 3,000 yards, 24 TDs, 12 interceptions, a kajillion fumbles, but he had completed 61.9% of his passes. So you're like, okay, not bad. And Daniel Jones, listen, when he got drafted, people were like, this is the worst thing in the world. And I'm a Giants fan. I know what bad is. And then he came out and they were like, oh, okay, maybe he's gonna be pretty good. And then he was kind of meh. But I will say this is a very similar situation to where the Jets are. What weapons does the guy have? He doesn't have a ton of people to throw the ball to. Golden Tate? Come on, man. Come on. He's got Engram to throw to. He's got Shepard. But, like, I wouldn't say any of those guys are elite. And their offensive line, it's so bad. They're like, it ain't sold. Here you go. Have all the money. Oh, you sucked. Okay. And, again, they did address that in this draft. So, I think that that will definitely be an improvement. On top of that, Barkley had a really bad year and was also injured last year. So, throw all of that in. Daniel Jones was basically just thrown into the fire. And they're like, okay, buddy. Good luck. So I think he's another one that could get better. We haven't seen a ton of Daniel Jones, but I feel like another year under his belt and he could potentially get out of the bottom 10 here. Then number six, you got, sorry, Brandon, Drew Locke. Now again, calm down, calm down. This doesn't mean he's terrible. However, I will say he played for five games, people. He played for five games, all right? We haven't seen a whole lot of him. I am hyping the Broncos up to the moon because Brandon Perna paid me $15 to say that. And I think that they will be one of the best offenses, a top 10 offense, or at least the potential to be a top 10 offense this year. But completed 64% of his passes, seven TDs, three interceptions. And I think that coming into his second year, will he be the starter from day one? You have Fant, you have Melvin Gordon, you have Cortland Sutton, you have Jerry Judy. I think that if Drew Locke is able to be like, oh, okay, this is my team now, and play for a full season to his potential, yeah, they're going to be really, really good. So the only reason that he's down here is because I literally just have to judge him off of five games, okay? So calm down. Calm down. Then number five, you got Gardner Minshew. Oh, yeah, God. I just, I feel the dislikes coming. Uh, again, not a large portfolio of work to analyze completed 60.6% of his passes over 3,200 yards, 21 TDs and six interceptions. So he did take care of the ball. I just need to see more of him to be completely honest. Now I will say that he also took a pretty terrible team and led them to some victories. Minshew mania was alive and well, I am also under the impression that Minshew is not going to be given really a fair shake in Jacksonville. I wouldn't be surprised if Jacksonville went after a Trevor Lawrence because they're in full-blown rebuild mode. And I think that the team he has around him is not very good. So I think he is going to struggle a bit this year. But Gardner Minshew is going to have all the opportunities to prove me and everybody else who's doubting him wrong. I want the guy to succeed 100%. And for me... I think that he has potential to do so. It's just going to be really difficult with that team around him. So that's why he's ranked so far down. Then number four, you got Mitch Trubisky slash Nick Foles. And Bears fans are like, wait, you're putting him on the same level? And yeah, I kind of am because the guy who I just talked about beat him out. And that was after they gave him a kajillion dollars. So Mitch Trubisky, I have said time and time again that it's not all Trubisky's fault for the Bears' shortcomings. The lack of the running game, the terrible offensive line, the lack of weapons, 
take your pick. The play calling, take any of those, right? That has definitely been a factor as to why Trubisky hasn't been able to be good. But you also have to recognize that Trubisky has not progressed and has most certainly not lived up to where he was picked. So, 17 touchdowns last year, 10 interceptions, completed about 63% of his passes, a little over 3,000 yards. He had a few really good games last year, but other than that, really not much has gone on. And with Nick Foles, the guy hasn't played a full season ever in his NFL career. So, I'm sorry that I'm not jumping all over the Nick Foles train. I think Nick Foles is definitely going to beat out Trubisky in camp because, you know, he's owed $21 million guaranteed, and they traded for him. So yeah, I'm imagining that Foles is going to beat him out, but I don't know if they're going to be much, much better. But for Trubisky, I feel like I feel like that entire front office has kind of given up on him. I feel like the fan base has mostly given up on him, and I don't think you're going to see a whole lot of Mitch Trubisky this year. Number three, you got LA Chargers QB Tyrod Taylor. I mean, the last time he played in 2018, he fumbled twice through one touchdown, one interception, and just over 240 yards. When he was a serious starter, uh, that was with the Bills in 2017. He's got experience, which I definitely will give him, but Tyrod Taylor's not that good. Like, he's just not that good. And I feel like with the Chargers in particular, they're a team who has a really, really good defense, I think has potential to be a top five defense, as we've talked about. But with Tyrod Taylor, like, it does not spark a whole lot of confidence for me. His stats have been, like, meh. I think he'll be a good stopgap for when Herbert comes in, which, again, the jury's still out. I don't know if he's going to be really good. But for Tyrod Taylor, I'm not imagining him winning a whole lot of games. Their defense might do it, and if he does enough and just takes care of the ball, they could be successful. But for Tyrod Taylor, yeah, I'm not... Woo! This doesn't really do anything for me. Then number two, you got... Redskins QB, Dwayne Haskins. Now, he's another one. Very little support. His team is a dumpster fire that just threw some more poop on it, and then another dump. It's basically like an Oreo, but with trash. His wide receivers are very, very raw and young. And I will say that Dwayne Haskins was also thrown into the fire as well. Completed just over 58% of his passes, threw for a little over 1,300 yards, seven touchdowns, seven interceptions. He only had one game over 200 yards. So that's a big yikes. Again, I don't put that all on Dwayne Haskins, but I think that he's also in a scenario which is just not good. He was a good player in college. That's why the Redskins went up and got him. But I think that for Haskins... It's probably going to take at least another year to develop because he's going to need a whole lot more support around him, which I don't think the Redskins really accomplished in this draft. They got Chase Young, and then that's kind of the highlight of the draft. So Dwayne Haskins, for me, is ranked pretty damn low uh, until proven otherwise. And then number one, number one, you got New England Patriots QB Jared Stidham. Now, the only reason that he is number one is because he has thrown... Four passes in the NFL, and one of those was intercepted. A grand total of 14 yards. No one knows what we have in Stidham, right? He essentially can be treated as a rookie, but technically he played last year, so I was like, all right, technically I can use him. And Stidham, listen, could be a very good QB. As I've said, Bill Belichick is probably going to develop a system around him to be successful. He's done it with guys like Matt Castle. He could definitely do it with a guy like Stidham. Stidham's last season in Auburn in 2018 threw for over 2,700 yards, 18 touchdowns, and five interceptions. But again, for me right now, it's just such a massive unknown that 
it's basically a shot in the dark. I didn't feel comfortable putting him above any other starting QB because I just don't know what the guy brings to the table. So because of that, yeah, he's ranked at the bottom. But let me know what you think down in the comments below. If there are people undeservedly on this list, should some people be higher, lower? Kirk Cousins should be number one. I know, I was contemplating it. Let me know what you think. You can always find me at TomGrassyComedy.com or at TomGrassyComedy on all social media you see down below. Check out podcasts on SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play Music, Spotify, and of course YouTube. And a big shout and thank you to all the patrons over at Patreon.com slash TomGrassyComedy and the YouTube members. But thank you so much for watching. I'm Tom Grassy. And as always, go back, go. Go.